You're listening to the Electronic Media Collective Podcast Network. Yeah, it's a mouthful. For more great shows like the one you're about to enjoy, visit electronicmediacollective.com. And now, our feature presentation. Hey, Jordan, your usual drink tonight? Yes, thank you. So, where's Eric and Ryan? Uh, They're on their way. I wanted to listen to your latest podcast, but where can I download the episodes again? You can download all of our episodes at movieguyspodcast.podme.com. You can also find us on every social media platform. Every social media platform? That's awesome. Hey, it looks like your friends are here. Let me get the first round for you guys. problems with this is not understanding the D&D lingo and I'm assuming that that this movie is full of D&D knowledge here. Eric, is that true? Is this movie full of D&D knowledge? It's not full of it, but there are a lot of D&D references. I would actually uh, like to play a little game uh, and to see what you think is a D&D reference in this movie. Uh, Ryan, do you, have you played at all? Do D&D. You, do you think you could uh, win that game? I guess. Uh, I mean, I've played D and D. I'm just not like super well versed. I'm 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 one of the guys who plays, but has their hand held through the whole thing. Yeah, sure. I mean, that's it's fair enough. It all it all depends on, I guess, who's the, who who the DM is. And if I had a DM like Barley, the Chris Pratt character in this, then it would be well worth playing. That is for sure. It's why really energetic man like you can you can build a world that's basically what you're trying to do in D&D is you know just increase the bounds of your imagination to make a a world because you could do whatever you want in it like it's you know in in that regard but uh, I, I guess it depends on what kind of world you're trying to play and Barley just seems to be one where anything goes. Don't get dark, though. You know what I mean? Like that's what I'm trying to try to get. I'm trying to walk a fine line, saying try not to make it dark. Some people like to get all weird and and just go on crazy, crazy like pillages and just say, like, man, you know, like talk to people, have some adventure. Okay, so suddenly like this movie is full of adventure, though. Yeah, of course, this movie's full of adventure. Okay. The adventure that I do not want to get on because this movie is pretty much the kids' version of Bright, the movie that came on uh, Netflix two years ago that we reviewed. Yes, I yeah. mean this 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 is straight up Bright, right? Well, we were talking he... before that this is all like every other movie. I said Big Brother, Ryan, and you said that this it's like yeah, like... it's like Frozen. Yeah, this it's it's a formula. Disney has their formula now, where you know, like I I, I explained. Um, you have two characters. You have the cute animal, or like anthropomorphic, whatever, um, and it's set in a uh, somewhat semblance of reality, something we were familiar we could latch onto. Um, in this movie, it's the concept of cars, houses, uh, electronics, things like that, um, even board games. Okay, so right off the bat, though, I don't like the story, but I like the world. And I don't know if you guys agree with me on that one or not, but I like the world of, hey, 
uh, wizards and warlocks and all that stuff used to exist, but then somebody discovered the light bulb, and now life is better. Um, and then it's like a modern take uh, our life in their world. And I like that conflict. I like that struggle. I just wish they would have told us a different story. Yeah. Personally. I... Yeah, I I don't know. Like it's it's fine. Like, this is just a mediocre movie movie because of the story. It was not really in, engaging. It was just kind of like let's just get to the next step of the adventure, and the brothers will learn a lesson there, and then let's get to the next step of the adventure, and something will happen here, and the brothers will be you know, and it's just a a, a step. Every next part or every next uh, you know part of the story is just another hash mark in the uh, a point earned in the relationship category of these two brothers and it's kind of predictable very predictable uh, very predictable because one of the things i had a problem with is that the brother ian who's voiced by uh what tom holland who's playing spider-man mm-hmm. uh, i really wish there would have been a more more of a story of just him and his discovering that he has magic. I mean, I thought that would have been a lot better story than getting the story that we got. Uh, screw the dad, right? Because we find out in the beginning of the movie that, hey, your dad died because he was sick, so we're assuming it's their version of a cancer. So, boom, died. dad died of cancer. So, <laughs> let's... So let's just get into the point... <laughs> Elf cancer? Of, like, that's the worst. Right, right like... Elf cancer is the worst. So let's just get into the point. Wish you of, had your okay, magic look. now, huh? Right. I just, I just, I just wish that they would have done something where it was more of, uh, hey, you know what? Dad's dead. Dad's not ever gonna come back ever in this movie in the story. Um, I would have rather have it been him discovering his powers, him thinking that he doesn't have the power to do something that he needs to do. And then him at the end of the movie, discovering that he does have the power and everybody thinks he's great because, at, because at the end of the movie, it, it's, it's like, it doesn't matter that he has this power and it, and it, and it should, right? Because this power does not happen. But I mean, basically what you described is what happens in the movie. Like he, is that, is that what happens? Yeah. Like he learned, like he, tries to do the the magic the the incantation and he realizes that he can because as barley states like it's a it's a specific type of person not everyone can do it and it's been so long people don't really know or care about magic so people don't even try to know to find out if they have the ability so like you know he's obviously you know the wizard the mage whatever and throughout the movie like Barley tells him when they he he starts him with the small one to get like to levitate stuff. He says you gotta what what is it the the fire within your heart and all this stuff. Right. He, he successfully learns how to do that. There's another one with the bridge. He successfully learns how to do that. And then there's one with the fire. He learns how to do that. And that all comes into play at the end when he's fighting the curse. And then oh. he's teaching a class on magic at the end of the movie. So like everything you just said happens throughout the movie. Well, I guess I didn't understand the movie I was watching because I did not get that at all in this movie. I got a movie where two brothers want their dad back. Boom. You got half of your dad, literally, the legs, 
and then we're going to get into an adventure of a weekend of Bernie's mixed with Frozen. That's what I got. I mean, that's Unless, based on a movie. Yeah, you're not wrong. <laughs> yeah, not disagreeing. I mean, I, I, I'm not saying the movie's bad. I'm just saying that this is Weekend of Bernie's had a baby with Frozen. And here's and, the thing, right? I think that a lot of I don't know. I don't I don't know if it's a specific thing nowadays. Um, but you you can't really go into these big Hollywood movies expecting something brand new, something original. Because, I mean, movies have been around for over 100 years. Modern literature has been around since Don Quixote uh, in the, was it the 1400s. I'm not 100% positive. Um, but, like, anything nowadays, especially with these mega-budget, corporate-driven blockbusters, it's all about kind of just inventiveness and not necessarily originality. It's like creativity. How, how are they going to meld things together? You know, it's like you go into a Quentin Tarantino movie, you don't necessarily expect an entirely original uh, a movie because you, you expect him, he's going to cherry pick from this movie or this movie or this movie. Uh, and that's, I, I don't, I feel like uh, you're kind of downgrading the movie because it's stuff you've seen before, but that's almost every movie is something you've seen before. But I like to hold Pixar to a high standard, maybe because of Toy Story. Finding Nemo, uh, what have you, you know? Uh, with the but Finding Nemo out. is basically Fly Away Home. Well, sure. here's a question, um, uh, because I, this is a, a good point to bring up too. With the difference of of these generic type cartoons, family CGI movies that come out, and kind of the uh, bar that we pulled, like a Pixar two or some other type of, uh, of classic maybe Disney and stuff like that is could it be I guess it's also it's it's marketability we feel that um, even though that it's very good you know product uh, uh, developing and placement there too but with a Pixar movie those stories just seemed to be kind of fun and original on on their own and immersive enough to where you you got a full experience whereas now you get a movie like this onward and it just seems kind of half-assed and then you see kind of all the the toys and you know them trying to push this market a little bit more and you just kind of see that this is more feels just more corporate movie type of thing rather than it just being any sort of you know the magic that once was I'm actually going to agree with Eric on that one. This one definitely seemed like a corporate movie. Um, now, I know in the beginning of the show here that I have shit on it, but I, I, I will say since this is a Pixar Disney venture coming from Toy Story 1 from 1996-95 till now, this movie's fucking gorgeous. Just based off of those movies right like this movie's flawless it's perfect it's it's really beautiful to look at so that's amazing within itself but i think the problem that i have with the story is that yes ryan you're right it is it's 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 uh it's definitely a been there done that but i thought pixar would give me more yes finding nemo is fly away home but finding nemo gives me a little bit more to me, we forget about that movie. 
And with this movie, with Onward, it's just the movie. I mean, I was expecting a little bit more, a little bit more Pixar, if you will, off of this movie. And I was, I was left very disappointed. So you did, well, you didn't feel like that joy you got, you had when you when you left the theater from like The Incredibles or from um, Toy Story Two, Monsters Inc. Sure, sure, yeah, yeah. I mean, because I thought that there'd be more to it because Pixar has always been that company where yes, we're affiliated with Disney. But we're going to give our characters and our story a little bit more bang for the buck. And I didn't feel like this gave me any more bang for the buck. And this, was, this felt like a very Disney-fied, generic story. No, it is. Like, like yeah, it follows the formula to a T. Um, but the formula exists. Like, the Marvel movies have a formula. They all follow the same formula for their origin movies, for their sequels, the Avengers movies. Um, except for maybe Ed Game, they all follow a kind of a strict formula. Um, but the thing that I really liked about this movie uh, is the... And it's not necessarily a twist or something like that, because it presents itself as a twist, but I, like you guys said, I agree. You, can, you see it coming um, if you're paying attention to the movie. But I like that... They it turned like you follow the story of Ian and as he's developing because we he's the first person we meet he's the protagonist of the story he's the one that learns the magic he's the one that saves the day but he's like it's not really his story which I think is great like at the end it it, it it's really about Barley's maturity um, and and more so than it is about Ian coming of age I think that's I like, guess a nice twist on the formula because it's like there's like i said it's like these little things you hope for creativity and necessarily originality i mean like like it's nice that barley is the guy that gets a chance to meet the dad and it's and it's a very interesting take that we the audience never get to see the dad uh right off the you know like just right there here's the dad kind of thing because we get him in only pictures and that's all we as the audience are ever going to see of the dad is just pictures because Barley got the chance to see his dad. But I wish we would have had a segment of the movie where Ian got a chance to actually have his moment with his dad. Just his moment. And we never got that moment with his dad because he realized that everything that he wanted was just from his brother, which I would, would, I would strongly disagree with from what we got from this movie. So it's just, if you don't have an original story like this and you know that it's just kind of a, this, this corporate thing and it's um, maybe just a rehash, you know, a reskin of the story you already had before, how do you make it different? You throw a bunch of zingers and, and jokes and references in it. Pop culture references uh, love to pop up in these movies, whether they be gags uh, a visual gag or um like a, a verbal reference of sort but it happens a lot they like they like to leave little clues and easter eggs in here so there there were a few for D D. so i don't know yeah you probably missed a few i guess but you probably maybe you probably could have guessed as well too because last night I was watching this movie. Now, my daughter and my wife have already seen this movie before I watched it last night. So my wife 
watched it for the third time with me last night. And right off the bat, when he goes to school, I said to my wife, oh, is he a freshman? She's like, no, why? I was like, because he keeps on staring at that dragon icon on the fucking side of the building of the school, which makes me lead to believe that there's something going to go on with that dragon at the end of the movie. And it, it's just it's just nonsense to me at that point. <laughs> what I would have rather have seen is the dad never got uh, what do you want to call uh, the dad never became legs, I guess would be the best way of saying it. And, and the boys go through a journey. They end up back at the high school where they started and realize something, blah, 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 something that would have made me more interested in the story than a smiley face dragon at the end. Very fantastical. Uh, very uh, Lord of the Rings nonsense to me. It was just, it was. So you would, so you would rather you, so you wanted everything up until that point to be the same. Just you want them to fight a different creature. I don't want them to fight any creature. I don't want to fight anything at all. I don't want them to fight. What I want them to do is to discover that, you know, Hey, we love dad. Dad's important in our lives. But uh, we both have come to the realization that we need each other more than what we need dad because we're brothers. And that, but, I think, would have told, told a different, better story. But Barley saying, finally getting the opportunity to say goodbye to his dad is him, is him growing up. Like he, yeah. you, get the monologue, you get the dialogue when they're floating down on the giant Cheeto down the river where he says that you know he was afraid of his dad he never got to say goodbye and that's when he decided he was never gonna be afraid of anything again him him being the one to talk to their father is his emotional journey coming to coming to fulfillment like he to service his story you need him to talk to his dad otherwise his whole character is irrelevant well, his character needs to be irrelevant because the character that we're all supposed to care about the character that's written for us to care about is Ian and Ian never got that moment. And yeah, he I did. did he though? Because he never got a chance to meet his dad. It's when he, he, he sits, his emotional journey is everything is driven. Part of his jealousy and part of his anger towards Barley is because Barley, he feels like Barley's wasting time because Barley, Barley met their father. He spent time with them. He has four memories of them and all that stuff. Whereas Ian has none. He has nothing but his voice on that tape. And so he wants he's pushing to get this done as soon as possible because he wants to meet his father because he feel like his father if he can just talk, talk to him and understand him and tell him everything that's that he feels is wrong about himself maybe he can get some reassurance maybe he can see something of himself in his father. But his his moment is when he finally can sit down with his dad and try to have a conversation with him even though he's legs. They still have the ability to communicate in some fashion through the taps and whatnot. He realizes that he doesn't he doesn't need that. Like he was mad about he was mad and upset with Barley about these things, but they they're not important because everything he wanted to get from his father, he already got from Barley. Okay, that's his emotional journey. That's his character arc. Yeah, but me as just a but but me just as a normal Joe Schmo watching this movie, I would rather have seen Ian get his moment with Barley than Barley just getting his moment and Ian not. Like because the whole point was Ian was kept on saying. I want this, I want this, I want this. And then halfway through the movie, you're like, yeah, Ian, I want this for you. I want this for you, bud. 
Get your five seconds with your dad because I called him again in the movie too with my wife watching the last night for the first time. It was like, okay, well, you know, they're going to go on a fucking adventure and then they're going to have like five minutes to be with their dad. Like that's what I was thinking it was going to happen and I just wanted Ian to have that moment. And I get what you're saying, Ryan, about 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 his moment, but it, 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 it just doesn't sit well with me. Like I would have rather have seen Ian and Barley together with their dad. Ian, who is through us, the audience. And I would rather have seen that instead of Barley getting the heyday. I feel like I feel like if that would have happened, you would probably complain that it's too saccharine and it ties up too nicely. Well, what do you think, Eric? I again that this movie I looked at my phone a few times during this movie. This movie's geared to a certain age to, to boy, I think they just wanted to balance out the frozen spectrum, and that's what they got. In they got some hot names from the Marvel universe to try to make it even more appealing. They got Spider Man and they got Star Lord uh, again to appeal to to the age group. That that's what it is, man. I think that's this is a corporate movie over and out, and the story is not anything to be overlooked because it it didn't. It was probably a first draft. If if I'm being you know quite honest with you, it, it probably it probably took it probably got maybe a week of draft, and then and then that's it. They said, "Yep, done. Let's go. We'll figure it out." I actually agree with uh, with with uh, with Eric on that one. This is a core brute movie. This feels like Eric. That's just that's just a great statement you made. This feels like a bunch of suits sitting in a conference room in L.A. saying. Let's make a boy frozen. Hey, go in the closet and get get another one. You know, I actually agree with you on that one. Like it, it, it doesn't seem anything cool. I'm mean, like the only the the only character that I loved in this movie was the Mandacore, right? Mandacore. She was so much fun. I loved her so much. If you guys don't know who the Mandacore is, she is voiced by the uh by the housemaid. Say your name. Say your name. Olivia, something, but you she's could, the one that gave the white people her shit. That's that. That's the one. You got so close, so close. <laughs> Olivia, something, but I remember her from the help, and she Octavia. gave the white people her okay. Academy Award winner. Um, she was fun. She was fun. She was fun in this movie. Um, I also love the fact that Tracy Ullman was in this. And the reason why that I am a, a, a Tracy Ullman fan is because my fandom of the Simpsons, if for those of you who don't know, the Simpsons did not get their own show until after the Tracy Ullman show, they were just shorts. And uh, Tracy Ullman was the voice of the pawn shop, pawn shop owner. So I just kind of like just dug that as a little bit of fandom you know, of just Simpsons fandom. But anyway, um, the Mandacore was fun. Um, I knew the Mandacore was going to happen because before I saw the movie, I watched the trailer. So I knew this was going to happen, but her character was fun. And I liked that of this big brooding beast uh, that knows everything that can give you the quest back in the old times and now is serving... uh, French fries and hamburgers to kids. Um, it's, it's, it's funny to me. 
Do you and think guess, that she is uh, a metaphor for Walt Disney himself? He started as a renegade animator only to become this corporate hack? No, I, I do not. And because you said that, I think you're reading way too much into it. And I think you are just giving fanboys more things to post on Reddit. Congratulations. Hey, man, Reddit's awesome. <laughs> I don't give two I, shits what you say. Reddit's awesome. I'm, I'm just saying. I'm like, That's where I get most of my political news from. I don't think oh, a single Jesus, person really. Oh my god! <laughs> I don't think a single uh, suit in the corporate office, like Eric said, sat there and said, "You know, the Manticore is like Walt Disney." I I, I don't see that at oh, all. Oh no, 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 I I the Manticore was again with a movie like this where it's where it's cash grab. You you have a loose script and you fill it with as many pop references or anything else. So the Manticore right. is, uh, is a D and D character. One of, uh, the, the biggest and the baddest famed, I guess, for its difficulty and, uh, ruthlessness. It's, uh, it's, you know, quite a scary encounter to, to run into the Manticore. Um, that one. And also, uh, that nice little nod in here was the gelatinous cube. Which is also a D yeah. uh, character. That was fun. That 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 was in there too. You get to see that that cube in action. Okay, so let's talk about that real quick here. The gelatinous cube. So they go through all these quests. Kind of reminded me of Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Kinda. Yeah, sure. You know where they had to step on stuff and the D, blah, the blah, D blah. quest, man. Yeah, yeah. It, very they, they last Indiana Jones movie. movie. Yeah, but it was like Indiana Jones and Last Crusade. Come on. Uh, but then all of a sudden they get this big, huge, square gelatin mold. But uh, behind the scenes here, Eric and I talked about this earlier before the recording. And and Eric, you're saying this is not a gelatin mold. Fuck you, Jordan. This is a big fucking deal. It's a gelatinous the, cube. The gelatinous cube is actually a big deal in the D&D universe. So I don't understand well, you okay. definitely don't want to run into the gelatinous cube. It, it is it, it is a son of a bitch. It will it's difficult, uh, you know, not impossible, but it's it's difficult. You don't just just you don't want it. It sucks. It's slow. Yeah, no, no, Eric, you're right. It does suck because let's be afraid of gelatin. A, a gelatinous cube. <laughs> Gelatin. It's pretty much my four-year-old snack pack, man. Yeah. Come on. I mean, go ahead. Go ahead. Is it fight dissolve it then, your, your child's skin on contact, sir? What was that, Ryan? Does it dissolve your child's skin on contact? Yeah. Well, it. Well, you know, it is a snack pack gelatin, so I would assume probably with all the preservatives that's in that shit. But all right, all right, all right. So people that are fans of D and D, people that at least know a little bit, it was it was cool to see Eric. I'm assuming this gelatinous cube come out of nowhere. That was that was like a fun thing for you for 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 people such as yourself. Well, when you're going on a on a D and D quest, which is what Barley essentially was doing, and kind of obeying all the rules and really guiding. Uh, his younger brother into to doing all these all these things, uh, yeah. You you kind of kind of see the reference. Although some of it was a little, I don't know, like a reach, like the the, the van scene where you hit to put the pedal on the van and uh, what in the in the 
mountainside and it the van drove up it, it it it's cartoon so you don't really care who cares but, but it's, it's but this it's fine they do it they do a, cube, a reference and they move on Re- reference move on joke move on joke move on you know it's it's but you as a but you as a D guy was it fun for you to see the gelatinous fucking cube. You want to know what asking. my re- if your what my actual reaction was? I don't know if you're trying to get a, anything bigger out of this. I I did a nice little a nice little nose rocket there, just <laughs> nice little hefty little, you know, little okay. harumph. Okay. Okay. So nothing. So back to my phone. Okay. Okay. All right, because I didn't know. I don't know about this cube, which, which may have been I the most not... emotion I got out of this movie. All right, fine, fair enough. Because I didn't know if it was like, just because. Because for the record, I don't know anything about D and D. The knowledge that I have about D and D is Stranger Things, and that's as far as it fucking goes, and that's as far as it's gonna fucking go. Well, we gotta get you I, in this game. Hey, I one cut. One quick second, I gotta get. I gotta guy digress from you. One quick second here. Ryan said Fly Away Home earlier, and this entire time I have been trying to find... There's another movie like Fly Away Home, right? Like, it wasn't just Fly Away Home, the Anna Paquin, Jeff Daniels jam, where the girl was flying the flock of geese back home. Wasn't there another movie that came out, like, the same year? It was the same thing, but this movie dominated? Oh, I just made myself... Oh, God, it was like, it was like, it was like Armageddon and Deep Impact kind of style. Yeah, yeah, exactly what that was. I'm telling you, there's another movie just like Fly Away Home, and it came out like a little bit before, you know, but it just didn't. Uh, October Sky? Kind of like kind of like that Babe and Gordy shit, you know what I mean? All right. Right. Back, right. back to Onward. Onward was but, Onward. But look, I mean, like, here's just my question about the cube, though, is that, I mean, like, again, my whole argument is that somebody that's only knowledge comes from D and D is from Stranger Things because I I would never have said Demi Gorgon five years ago was for Stranger Things. So like I'm just curious as you as a fan, like if somebody were to me put an alien reference into something, I would go ah, alien reference. I'd be like, was that a big deal for you? Was that something like, oh my god, gelatinous cube? That's cool. But no, you just gave a snicker. You just gave a. If it was a better and, movie, and then I would have appreciated right. it. But uh, you know, again, it, it, when a movie like this, I and I see the same way with with movies that are coming out, kind of like this. These these uber kind of just silly, uh, uh, cartoony movies. They 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 have to do this when they are not. A, a, a tale that's high production, you know, uh, it, and they're just kind of doing this, whatever the fuck this is, I guess, this cash grab. I, I'm just not really invested into it, and it's just, it's not for me, you know. I, I'm okay. I've, looking at my phone the uh, a few times, it just wasn't, just wasn't there. Yeah, no, um, I was bored halfway through this movie. And I ate my favorite snack ever, Skettios with fucking meatballs. I was so excited, and I was eating that halfway through this. Just, I would like to point out the sort of the the cultural revolution we've kind of experienced with the representation of Dungeons and Dragons uh, in our current 
society. Because I remember when I first started playing D&D in high school, when I was about 15 years old, my mother uh, would tell me these stories about people murdering people or something, thinking Dungeons and Dragons was real. Uh, she, she said something about the devil, and I looked it up way back when, and it was pretty pretty popular um, topic of discussion in the 80s. You guys remember Satanic Panic? No. Satanic Panic was this widespread cultural thing where a lot of bad things that happened were Satan's fault. Like, people, for some reason, the popular, the pop culture would attribute it to Satanic worship. Um, there was this whole thing, big, huge case out in California where these kids at a daycare were being raped by satanists and obviously it's not true obviously if you you read anything about it it's quite scary that the the cops and everyone bought into it like they did but D&D back then got roped in with this whole satanic stuff satan worship blood sacrifices and all that and here we have a disney produced 200 million dollar animated movie aimed at children that uses D&D and kind of Magic the Gathering as a backbone to tell its story. I think that's quite fascinating. Satan keeps well, on coming back and he never quits. Never quits. He keeps going. That's why we have coronavirus. This is Satan's doing. Um, Ryan, your answer is because of Stranger Things. Like, I don't think you guys understand how much of a cultural impact Stranger Things has on the existence of this movie alone. I mean, guys, seriously. You're talking to a guy who's never played D&D in his life. I would like to think that myself, and if you want to put me into a bubble, here I am in a bubble. I'm your average Joe Schmo. That's what I've always been my whole life. I've never played D&D. I've always heard of D&D. Never got into it. It was not my thing. But then we get shows like Stranger Things that come out that are really good, that are just it, it just entertaining, and they get us into lingo of mind flares and demigorgons and all this stuff. And it's like, what? And then this movie comes out. This movie is 100% reaction to Stranger Things. That's the only reason why, Ryan, bringing up your Satanist thing. It's the only reason. It's because Stranger Things. Stranger Things made this movie. Because it's cool now. I don't know. I wouldn't say that. Because you have Bright as well. It's like fantasy over the past 20 years since Lord of the Rings has... Uh, has I don't like, say necessarily gone like super mainstream, but it's become a popular genre to make stuff in. Like You have a lot more TV shows. And you have some stuff directed towards kids and things like that. But nothing on this scale. And I don't think... I, I think... I think I don't think Stranger Things is what began it, but I think it it does play a part because it was so popular. But I don't necessarily know a whole lot of people who, when they think of Stranger Things, they think of D&D. All right. Eric, have you any chime on that before we get our popcorn reigns? I swear to God, this is another movie just like it, just like Fly Away Home. I, it's, I, I've it's seen it before, I swear it's to God. He's still there! He's still there! I can't get is it Free Willy? No, it, it's, the same, it's the same goddamn plot where it geese, for some reason, are just too fucking dumb 
They don't know where to fly. <laughs> and so some girl <laughs> is going to like be like, Dad, I'm going to fly with them. I'm only in third grade. And the dad's just like, yeah, good. I'm irresponsible. You should fucking go do it, kid. Oh, my God. Uh, what the hell movie was it? I love that 15 minutes later, Eric is still on this. Eric, let's just get you out of the bat, <sighs> bud. What is going to be your popcorn for Onward? This is a small bag just because I'm not in the rush to see this one again. It's not the greatest movie. It's not the worst by any means. Um, I've seen some junk, but it's just uh, it's not for me. Plain and simple. Um, that doesn't mean it's a, it's a bad movie. It's just it's just plain and simple not for me. Cute at times. Um, the voices were great. Um, the adventure was uh, was was fun too. There was a lesson in there somewhere, I'm sure. Um, but uh, there we go. That's that's on to the next one. Onward to the next one. Nice. Um, I myself, I'm gonna have this one a small bag. I've been debating about this all day. My wife even asked me a, a few times, "Are you gonna give it a medium or a small?" Um, but I will say, like I said, beginning of the show, that this movie is beautiful. I mean, just what they can do with computers now compared to what they did with the first Toy Story in '95 is just absolutely amazing and that should be recognized for the academy or just film in general ain't no coco right well yeah okay you're right coco is pretty fucking amazing when it comes to the visuals but this movie is great to look at so i i will give it that uh my issue is it's a been there done that story um, I did not like the weekend at Bernie's feel with the uh, half dad thing. I thought the half dad thing kind of took me out of the movie more. Um, I did like the biker fairies or the sprites or whatever the hell you want to call them. Um, I thought those were fun. Oh, yeah. uh, uh, the movie had its moments, but this is not a Moana. This is not a, you know, fucking. Toy Story. I mean, this is this is one of those cars or planes or something like that. It's just not anything that's really that good, and I'm disappointed with it. So with me, it's 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 it's, it's going to be small bag because I'm very disappointed with what I got. Ryan, what do you say? What is your popular uh, rating of Onward? I'm going to give this a large bag. Wow. Okay. Um, I absolutely enjoyed myself watching this movie. I think the voice acting uh, is almost perfect. Tom Holland and Chris Pratt, I don't know if they were in the same room when they were doing this, but they have really great chemistry, Um, even when it's just their voices. Um, The story, I agree completely. It's nothing special. It's, you know, it's the storyline, the emotional beats. It's kind of frozen just with dudes. And, uh, but I, I, like I said, I thoroughly enjoyed going through the relationship and the journey with these characters. I like the, the, how at the end it, we, you know, you come to realize that it's really Barley's story and not Ian's story. Um, I did think that the moments of levity, like when the dad tapping the feet to communicate or the dad dancing, um, some jokes of the manticore and the mom and the police officer uh, boyfriend who's a, a well, not a mantar. Centaur? Anyways, he's got a what? Centaur. 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 Yes, he's got the horse body. Um, which I turned to my I, I turned to my wife uh, in the movie. I said, I know why she's with him. He's hung like a horse. 
Anyways. Uh-huh. Um, but the movie is just great. I, I thoroughly enjoyed myself. It's it, I think that this is probably the best family movie I've seen since Coco in 2017. Why? All right. All right. Well, we got a large bag from Ryan and we got a small bag from uh, Eric and I. Uh, but next week we have another episode that's going to be very interesting, a movie that I did not thought we were going to ever review, but we are. We're going to be reviewing the second Jumanji movie in this rebooted universe, Jumanji, the next level with Dwayne Dwight Johnson. And evidently, Eric, because you were part of our Dwayne Johnson retrospective series over a year ago, People like themselves some Dwayne Johnson, so I'm excited. So I'm excited to see what people have to say about this one. I'm excited. It's gonna be uh, a butchering of a great franchise. We'll see because I actually prefer. No, I'm sorry, I'm not gonna say prefer. I actually really like the Rock Jumanji sequel, whatever you want to call it. It's it's fine. It's fine. It's fun. So I'm excited to see what they're gonna do with that. And then also towards the end of the month, we're going to do Jojo Rabbit. Uh, and then leading up to our uh, 80s teen sex comedy with uh, Valley Girl coming up at the end of the month. So thank you so much for everybody for listening. And we'll be back next week for the awesome episode of Movie Guys Podcast. Thank you. Have a good night. <laughs>